Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to Chronicles of Nannia, a nanny resource podcast made for nannies by me, a nanny. I am your host, Martha Reddick, and this week is actually the first part of a two-parter, our first ever two-parter, I'm very excited, about newborns. And my guest today is the wonderful Brittany Vogel. Hi, Brittany. Hi, Martha. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. We're very happy to have you. Um, and Brittany was telling me before that she has almost exclusively worked with little teeny babies. Yes. And uh, she's here to share that knowledge because it's actually something that I haven't done as much. It's one of those things I find that uh, people who enjoy working with newborns like love newborns and tend to stick with it. And then the people who like working with, you know, toddlers and middle school age kids like tend to stick there, which is so funny because at the end of the day, they're all the same people. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I like I like the little teeny peanuts. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, before we get started into newborns and this, we'll kind of talk about it a little mm -hmm. bit, but let's hear a little bit about your background. Sure. So I I grew up in the Chicagoland area. I am the eldest of four girls in my family, Ooh. and I'm also the eldest of 19 grandkids on one side of Dang. my family. So I was always the oldest. I was always, <laughs> you know, put in charge of babysitting and all that. Um, but I like to say I kind of grew up in the world of childcare because both my grandmother and my mother ran daycare centers out of their homes when I was a kid. Uh -huh. So I was always either at my grandma's house when my parents were working and around that, or at my mom's house house after school watching her taking care of all the kids so childcare is always something I've kind of been around mm -hmm. um, and I pretty much started babysitting as soon as I possibly could I think I was 12 maybe 13 years old like definitely in the seventh or the eighth grade a family down the street had four kids Whoa. and yeah one of them who was like maybe a year old <laughs> came I, I came over to their house after school and watched the parent uh watch the kids for a couple hours so the parents could go out and you know do the shopping and run the errands and all that I remember one of my first times ever sitting for them um the baby spit up all over uh -huh. me so then of course I was hooked you know I, I knew <laughs> this like, was my I destiny want this every yeah. day. <laughs> um, so yeah I, I've been babysitting and all that for a long time and then uh, professionally I've been nannying for about six years now basically okay. since I moved down to the city uh, when I was in college you know I would do after school care and kind of in between classes type sitting uh, and then it 
pretty much as soon as I moved down to the city of Chicago, I found a full-time job and haven't really looked back. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. That's wonderful. Um, and your first full-time job, was mm-hmm. that with a little baby? It was. She was about three months old. Oh. They were in Roscoe Village. I remember um, I had been waitressing for a little while, and I was getting all my you know resume together and my references, and I'm like, oh, I hope they like me. And I went <laughs> in there and just vibed instantly. Uh, they hired me on the spot. It was, oh, wow. it was awesome. And I was with that family for about a year. When I started with um the little munchkin she was about three and a half months old so Mm -hmm. yeah that's great that's great so all right like I said before I don't have too much experience in fact one of my um (laughs) first experiences babysitting I was babysitting for the children of my old third grade teacher Mm -hmm. so she had been my third grade teacher we were family friends (laughs) and I was babysitting for her children probably too young isn't um, that how it always goes you're yes. always like man I, who would have trusted me with right. children at that age because there's no way I would trust any 12 <laughs> year old out there right now with four children right <laughs> um this was thank goodness only one That's and good. my step grandmother lived across the street so I think that was another yeah. reason she was like if you get in trouble right if there's a fire you know where to go <laughs> exactly and so but that little baby would not stop crying to the point that I ended up calling my mom and was like, I've fed him. I've changed him. Mm I, he, I put him down for a nap. I don't know what to do. So I guess that's my first question to repair my own psyche. Um, what, what do you do? I can tell you, Martha, don't worry. You did nothing (laughs) wrong. Um, I think that's the crux of newborns is, Mm -hmm. um, Obviously, they can't speak, so it's Mm -hmm. hard to know what they want. And I think the reason that people get tripped up with newborns is they expect them to want something. Is Newborns don't always cry because they're hungry or they need a diaper change or they're tired. Sometimes they cry because this is the first time that they've ever stretched their vocal cords that way. You know what I mean? Um, And I think the most important thing kind of, you know, as especially as you're starting to get to know a newborn, is just saying, where are their little quirks? Do they like to be held a certain way? You know, mm-hmm. do they like to be bounced on their lap? Do they like to be in the living room rather than the playroom or whatever it might be? Um, so whenever I'm kind of getting to know a new baby and a new family, I always just uh, put them in as many different scenarios as possible and just say, where are they the happiest? You know, okay. where where's kind of their middle ground? And then you can find, okay, well, they definitely don't like this and they like this a lot more than that. <laughs> and it's just kind of finding that, you know, kind of medium of, okay, cool. Well, when I hold her like this after she's had a bottle, but before I put her in a new diaper, you know, she really likes doing that or or whatever it might be, you know, just kind of finding that equilibrium of, okay, this is where our true neutral is. Right. That's, that's such good advice of, and I, I would also think that knowing that going into it and somewhat like keeping yourself calm mm-hmm. also helps because I would think as the baby cries more, if you're inexperienced like I was, I'm sure that my energy was feeding the crying. Oh, absolutely. And I think just being calm and even if it's a fake smile, but just <laughs> having a smile on your face and just taking deep breaths. Honestly, it sounds so silly, but just having a baby kind of like on your lap, like propped up on the couch and just like having the baby like see you taking deep breaths sometimes can calm them down. Um, 
you know, newborns are an interesting breed because they are getting to know the world just as much as anybody else. And sometimes they just need to get things out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I think if, if you can just say like, you know what, we might have a bad day. That doesn't make me a bad nanny. It doesn't make the baby a bad baby. We're just learning each other. And I think it's hardest for especially unexperienced nannies who are with newborns, but any nanny in general. I think you just need to be able to say like, this is a learning curve. It's never going to be completely perfect all day, every day. But right. how can I turn the bad moments into those perfect moments and saying, where where can I recover? Where can we do better tomorrow? Um, because I will say the first month with the newborn is the hardest because they're adjusting to you. You're adjusting to them. But as I said, once you find that balance of where the in-between is, then everyone will be so much happier. Yeah. And I mean, I do think that's probably true of any child Mm because I know once they get older, the first month is the hardest because they're constantly Mm -hmm. pushing boundaries because they know how to. Exactly. Um. That's why I don't like those older kids. They know just how to push your buttons. The babies don't do do it on purpose. Right. (laughs) They stumble onto your buttons. Exactly. They crawl right on. (laughs) Okay. Wonderful. So – Let's say, and this might be kind of the same answer, um, but the parents, it's your very first day with a baby. Mm -hmm. The parents just left. Besides like just walking around Mm -hmm. and getting to know the baby, do you have any other advice for like that very first day? What do you do? Well, I definitely, I always like to have a good sit down if I can for the first hour before the parents leave, Mm. just because I feel like obviously the parents are going to know the baby the best. Um, So for me, I think any age of nannying, this is so important, but especially newborns, keeping that line of communication open with your nanny parents in the nanny family, just so that way you can say like, hey, is there anything in particular that they do like? Does she hate Itsy Bitsy Spider? <laughs> or does she love Twinkle Twinkle Little Star? Right. Does she not like it when you're in her face? Or does she love it? You know, kind of learning those little things about them before. Mm-hmm. So that way then you can start to test them. Um, I also think it's, like I said, moving around from room to room. Um, If the parents are allowing you to take the baby outside, sometimes it's nice to kind of just put them in a new environment and say, like, is it just something that they're pent up about that they are just like, oh, I just need to be in a new space or whatever it might be. Um, But I think just the patience is the number one thing that I would recommend to any anybody whether it's a parent or a nanny or a grandparent or a sibling or whatever it is Mm -hmm. just the more patient you can be with the baby because the baby will give you clues the baby will kind of guide you along the way um, but they can't tell you in words so they're going to tell you in how they're feeling so if you can just be patient and don't rush from thing to thing you know give them a little time to get settled if you move in from the living room into their bedroom don't don't give it two minutes and then say, oh, it's not working. I'm going to go somewhere else. <laughs> right. Like, you know, being patient and like you mentioned before, being calm and not getting flustered and not getting overwhelmed is going to be so much more beneficial than running around. Well, I changed your diaper and I fed her a bottle and I did this and I did that. Nothing is working. Well, maybe it is going to work. Give it a little bit of time. Uh, newborns need time to get adjusted to the world around them. Yeah, that's really, really good advice. Maybe before your first day, before that hour even, mm-hmm. go to a yoga class. Yeah. Stretch it out. Exactly. Get zen with the world because <laughs> Lord knows once you're with a newborn, you might not get that zen back for a while. <laughs> yes. That's very, very true. Um, 
Great. So let's say you are with the baby. The parents are like, they've communicated with you mm-hmm. what the baby likes, what the baby mm-hmm. doesn't like. And they're like, we're sleep training this baby. Uh, what does it mean? Tell me. Oh, sleep training. I feel like sleep training is one of the best things that you can do for a newborn, but also one of the most difficult. Mm. Because if everybody's not in it the exact same way, it's not going to work. Okay. Um, sleep training, for those of you who don't know, essentially is just basically putting the baby on a routine, getting the baby towards uh, napping about the same time and going to bed at about the same time and staying asleep that whole amount. <laughs> Which sounds very easy, but it's not it's always. Not. Um, I think I've had enough experience oh to know it's not. <laughs> um, I think for one, um, you have to realize that babies aren't robots. You right. know, just because you want them to go to bed at noon doesn't mean they're going to go to bed at noon. There's um, no sleep switch. Exactly. <laughs> Lord, oh, if there was one, I would have found it by now. But unfortunately, um, but I think. The number one thing is listen to the baby's cues. Um, I love to keep a daily logbook, whether mm-hmm. it's on the parent's choice or on my choice. Um, they have apps, you know, that you can right. log the baby stuff with, but I'll just do it on a piece of paper and just say, okay, this is about the time that she started to quiet down and get tired. If she fell asleep on her mat for 15 minutes, I'll write that down or whatever it might be. Because pretty much until the fifth or sixth month, you can try to sleep train, but it's not going to be as specific as you want it to be. The sixth month is right when you can start saying like, okay, she naps from this time to this time or whatever it might be. But that first, you know, one to six months is so important to just kind of learn their natural cues okay and just say like okay well she usually falls asleep between you know 8 30 and 9 30 and that way as you're starting to structure that sleeping time you can say like okay well she usually falls asleep sometime in between there so let's aim for the first nap to be nine right um I find that young, young newborns between maybe um three to nine months will usually take two medium to long naps and one short nap a day okay and then as they and of course this always varies from child to child but um and then as they kind of hit the ninth month they usually drop that short nap like right before dinner time and all that Mm -hmm. um so typically i find that one is one nap is post breakfast so Mm -hmm. maybe around like eight between eight and nine they sleep for a couple hours get up play for a bit have lunch go back down for another nap and then as I said, depending on the child, they might have one more like post snack before dinner, just, you know, a 45 minute quickie just to make sure that they're not like <laughs> exhausted for the end of the day. Um, I find that the number, number, number one thing that you need for successful sleep training is for both you and the parents to be completely on board. Okay. Uh, and I, I have a story to go along with this okay. too of, of how it can show you just how important it is. Because as nannies, we spend so much time with the kids, but that does nothing if the parents aren't willing to do right. what they need to do. Um, so you need to communicate with your nanny family and say, hey, this is the plan. This is the schedule. This is what we're going to do. And they need to not only agree to it, but do it as well. So if you say, right. okay, we're going to put the baby down at nine o'clock and we're not going to go in there if she's crying, if she's screaming her head off or if she's crying for more than a half hour, you know, or whatever it is, of course, we'll go in there. Right. But we need to give her time to fall asleep. 
If the parents aren't doing that on the weekends, on the evening times, it doesn't matter how you're sleep training with right. the child during your time with them. They need to be on board as well. Um, I nanny shared a pair of newborns, which oh I do gosh. not recommend. Uh, I've worked with I newborns before imagine. and thought that I was fine. Um, no. Uh, <laughs> especially uh, because of this, because of the fact that you're working with two different families, two different parenting styles, even though the kids were around the same age, um, this story is just going to go to show you that if the parents and the families aren't willing to be on your same page, it's just going to make things more difficult. So the children were about the same age, and for me, sleep training and getting them on a routine is one of the most vital things that I like to do as a nanny, just because I find that it makes everyone's day easier, my right. day, the child's day, and the parent's day. So I spoke with the parents. I said, this is what I want to do. This is the schedule that I'm aiming for. You know, all that, keeping the lines of communication <laughs> open. And the parents were like, yeah, that sounds great. We're totally <laughs> going to do that. Um, and as I began sleep training, I was finding one child was having a lot more success with it than the other child. I'm like, oh my God, that's so weird. Like we're doing the exact same things. So I spoke with the family of the child who was not doing so good. Mm -hmm. And I come to find out that um, the little man was essentially anytime he cried at night was getting pulled into the parents bed uh, uh, during nap time on the weekends he spent it in mommy's arms um, the mom would just put him in a sling and just carry him around all day long uh -huh. um, and he was basically not not almost never not being held right so um of course, that's <laughs> going to throw a big crux into things because if the child is used to falling asleep in somebody's arms, that's not going to magically change overnight. And they lived, you know, in a two-bedroom apartment. He had an older sister who shared a room with him. I get not wanting to have the baby cry. But at some point, you also have to say, I'm doing my child a disservice in the future right. by not giving them this time. Are you going to have a tough couple weeks? Of course. Yes. Any adjusting is going to take time. But if you and your uh, nanny family and the parents can all say, like, we're going to just have a tough couple of weeks together mm -hmm. and then we'll move past it and it's going to be so much better, it will be great. Um, so unfortunately, that child never really got into a sleeping pattern. He was, you know, nine months oh. old and taking three 15-minute naps a day wow. and then going to bed at 6 p.m. and waking up at 3 a.m., you know, just never having any kind of routine. And the child who was on the routine, whose parents on the weekends kept her on that routine, who did the nighttime, okay, we're going to take a bath and then read a story and turn on the white noise and do all this – that child started sleeping through the night and uh, she started having a routine nap time and I still occasionally sit for her. She's three years old now and sleeps like an angel. Right. <laughs> so I think it just goes to show you that, um, you know, it doesn't, you can do all that you can do as a nanny during the day, but if you don't have your parents uh, and your nanny family support with it, it's just going to be tough right. for everyone. Um, so as I'm thinking about sleep training, I do like to kind of keep those logs, find out where the children naturally would find Fall. that sleeping time. 
And then I think having a routine with the bedtime is so important. Yeah. So, you know, whether that's, okay, even at nap time, I'm going to put them in pajamas or I Mm -hmm. put them in a sleep sack. And then we read a story and then we sing the same song and then we turn out the lights and turn on the white noise and close the door. Or if it's just, nope, I just change your diaper and read her a story and put her in or whatever it might be. Find, Find what works for you. Find what works for your family. And then just say, this is what we're doing. And mm-hmm. we're sticking with it. And if you can stick with it and the parents can stick with it, yeah, you might have a couple rough weeks while the child is like, wait, nobody's going to hold me when I'm sleeping. <laughs> they will get used to it. You know yep. what I mean? Babies are so resilient and they are so adaptable, but you need to give them the opportunity to adapt. That's a great way to put it. Yeah. Um, I And I was going to ask about, you mentioned the white noise machine. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to ask if you have seen better results. And I know it probably depends on the baby, but with like white noise versus lullabies versus. Honestly, I find that it's totally dependent on the child and on the environment. Um, I find it. In an apartment building, it's almost necessary to have a white noise machine, Mm -hmm. um, especially at the beginning, just because that's going to help drown out anything else. Babies, of course, being in the womb are so used to kind of having dull sounds around them. And that can just kind of help guide them into like a gentler sleep. For me, I find that rain sounds Mm -hmm. are the best just because they're the closest mimic to what's in their mother's stomach naturally. And um, it's not as distracting because there's no changeover. There's no different tones, anything like that. It's pretty much just one noise all the way through. Yeah. You want the white noise to be fairly loud I mean Mm -hmm. it's got to drown out anything else obviously you don't want it blaring on the speakers (laughs) or anything but you know you don't want to have it very very quiet or anything like that um the nanny child that I'm with right now she doesn't use white noise because she's in a very quiet neighborhood they live in Lakeview they have a home she's right in the middle of the house so she's not close to the street and she's not close to the alley so she doesn't need it right um but there was a period of time where I was trying with it you know and I think that's just what it's about find the trial find the error um I know a lot of parents that I've worked with they like that little lullaby lamb Mm -hmm. or the turtle that like you know projects the lights and makes sounds find what works for you and your family if a lullaby works best you know whatever have it be for me I find that the rain sounds white noise tend to be the best just as they're starting out especially yeah that's really great um there's also that uh which I just love watching (laughs) the um fish tank one oh yeah I love the fish tank Mm -hmm. when a kid has that I'm like I'll sit in here. Right? I'll just, like, <laughs> just watch you in your crib. Don't, don't mind, mind me. Don't mind me. I'm just going to look over here for a while. The parents watch on right? the camera like, and they're like, is why is she, she just creeping is on this, our child? Is this a new nanny technique I've never heard of? <laughs> no, I'm just being a weirdo. Don't mind no, me. I just enjoy the fish tank. <laughs> um, <laughs> maybe I need to get myself a fish tank. <laughs> um, Wonderful. Okay. Um, and while they are doing those mm-hmm. two-hour naps yes. and that short 45-minute, the uh, naps just went away for yes. a family oh, that I nanny for. I do not envy you. And <laughs> I'm just... I'm so envious of a 40, even a 45 minute nap. Oh Sounds great. I'm, I'm, I feel so blessed. The family <laughs> that I'm with right now, their kids love to sleep. Uh, the two, she just turned two. And she sleeps for about three hours in the afternoon. Mm. It is, it is glorious. <laughs> so what do you do? Um, well, 
I do a couple different things. I do the children's laundry throughout the week. So Mm -hmm. one of the days I will do laundry. I also tend to use that time as kind of like a cleanup general time to make sure that, you know, dishes are done, that the toys aren't a mess, you know, kind of just little things here and there. Um, So I tend to try to take care of any children's needs, necessary, whatever, first. Mm -hmm. But then I do think it's important to have a little bit of self-care and self-time during that downtime because as a nanny, we don't get a lunch break. We don't get a 15-minute. We don't get a coffee break. And I think that if you're going to keep your sanity, you have to be able to say, I'm taking 45 minutes or I'm taking this one hour to to do what I need to do to feel good for when this child wakes up because – um, unfortunately, as nannies, we don't get lazy days. We don't no. get like, oh, I just don't really feel like doing work today. I'll call my clients tomorrow or, you know, whatever it might be. I don't get to sit in a cubicle and turn my brain off. My brain has to constantly be running. So I do think it's important as a child naps, of course, take care of whatever family duties you have to do first, but don't be afraid to take a little bit of time for yourself. That's why, you know, this is such a great profession because we do have that kind of built in time every once in a while to just say I'm gonna have lunch I'm going to sit down and read a book for a little while and then when the kid wakes up I'm gonna be feeling refreshed and feeling ready to go and able to play and interact absolutely yeah, for sure yes I certainly miss that I'm tr- I'm looking for ways to my my new thing to find um, it my new thing I have a two-year-old that I watch and I have an almost six-year-old and he's in school for most of the day but I do like to say every day when he comes home from school he has half hour where he does what he wants to do mm-hmm. read a book play Legos things like that but um I think giving children independent time yes. is a good thing. And so that's kind of you, – you might not be able to turn off your brain as completely as you wish right. you could. You like still got to listen. Exactly. A little you know, person in the back of your head. But you can say like, hey, you're going to do your thing. I'm going to do my thing. We're going to do our things together in the same room. But – you know in half hour we'll come back together and and play a game or do art or whatever it might be right exactly no I think that's that's very very important so for that baby that was not being sleep trained Mm -hmm. on the other end yeah and I'm sure that that particular child really liked being held Mm -hmm. because that's what he or she was used to absolutely um what what do you do for a baby that as soon as you set them down, yeah. <laughs> they start crying? Oh, those are tough ones. Um, I, and I think there's kind of two different schools of thought with it. Um, I think there's the thought where, well, I am hired help. If this is what the parents are doing, then that's just what I'm going to do. And it might not make my day any easier, but it's what the parents are doing. And that's what I need to support this child in. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there's the school of thought where you kind of go the complete opposite. (laughs) And it says, uh, I, I know that this child is held all the time and they need to not be held for a little while. So even though it might pain them a little bit, they're going to take some time on their own. Um, I think that's obviously where a lot of the nanny patience comes in. And Uh I tend to fall, especially for a job that I know that I want to be in for a long time. If I know that, uh, I don't know how long I'm going to be with this family, (laughs) uh, maybe I'll fall into the first category. But um, I do think it's very, very important for children, especially young children, to learn how to Mm -hmm. self-soothe. Just because, uh, this it sounds so silly, but this is a tough world. And um, 
It is statistically proven that children who are good sleepers, who are good on their own and independent, do better in school. Mm-hmm. They do better in the long run. They um, tend to have better grades. They tend to be more sociable. So I do think it's important for children to be able to have a little bit of that independence. Um, so of course I would not, you know, spend the entire day not holding the baby or right. anything like that. But I do think it's important to say like, okay, well after we have lunch, while I do the dishes, you can be, you know, in the same room as me on your playmate but you are going to be not held. Right. And I think it is important to have them in the same room. Mm-hmm. You can be talking to them. You can be singing them songs. I love to just kind of talk at my babies and, uh-huh. and just tell them stories and, you know, pretend like they're my best friend because let's be real, <laughs> after 40 hours a week, they probably are. Right. Um, but just make them aware that you're aware of them and mm-hmm. that you see them. And you're not they, ignoring I'm not them. ignoring you, but you just need to do what you're doing for a little while, mm-hmm. you know? And I do find that, as I said, babies are just trying to learn about this world. And if you give them time to discover it, they will get better. Um, I find that if you don't give them the opportunity to learn, if you don't give them that opportunity to grow, then they won't. Yeah. You know, and it might be uncomfortable for a little bit. It might, you might be on the second hour of screaming and you're just like, oh my God, <laughs> I just want to pull my hair out. But that two hours of screaming that you're enduring today will mean six months from now, you almost have no temper tantrums you have almost no crying like things like that um I am lucky enough to be in a current nanny situation where my family and I were on the same page we have very very similar philosophies with child rearing and it is literally a shock if my (laughs) nanny child throws a temper tantrum I'll look at her and be like who are you right now (laughs) what are you so you know it's one of those things where um you kind of just have to look at the long run with it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because I think um, I think we're kind of in a culture right now, especially as nannies, we want to think, well, if the child is crying, I'm doing my job poorly. Right. Or if the child is upset, I'm doing something wrong or I'm going to get fired or the parents aren't going to like it or whatever it might be. You know, we associate crying with bad. Right. You know, um, when in reality, crying is is just – a part of life you know what I mean we're teaching the children okay you're upset I'm so sorry about that why don't you take a couple minutes and when you calm down we can talk right you know how how often have you had that conversation with a five-year-old so many times and if the (laughs) child is not used to crying then they're not going to be able to sort through those feelings you know yeah and I think that um we as a culture right now are kind of doing our children a disservice because we're expecting them to behave in a certain way at five or six years old that we never expected them to behave when they were younger. Right. And so I think it's about saying like, okay, if they're six months old, they should be able to sit on the floor for 15 minutes by themselves, you yeah. know? And I think it's just kind of about saying like, I'm not expecting them to act like an adult, of course, but right. just saying like, I'm expecting you to be able to be well behaved by yourself for 15 minutes, you know? And just say little by little that can grow and that can add up. And then all of a sudden they're a person who becomes independent and wants to do things by themselves and, and all those things. So I think it's just about saying, you know, if you start small at mm-hmm. a young age, it will grow and grow and grow in so much of a more positive way rather than trying to start small at five or six and then all of a sudden you have a 10-year-old on your hands who, <laughs> you know, has never done chores. Yes. So, yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, start, start, I, I, I think that's just the crux of it is saying be patient, give them time. They will 
surprise you with how yes. resilient they can be, with how smart they can be, with how independent they can be. And how much they can grow. Absolutely. Let them show you that. You know, don't don't put your own insecurities onto the child. You know, the child is just is just trying to learn as much about this world as it can and uh, allow them to do that, you know? Yeah, yeah. And also I think what you were saying about um, not judging yourself. If a child is crying, it does not mean that you're doing a bad job. Oh, and it's so easy to do that, you know. I, I don't <laughs> know is. about you, Martha, but for me, I uh, I take it so personally when my kids have a bad day because yes. as a nanny, of course, this is our job. This is our career. This is our profession. This is what we're passionate about. I mean, we're sitting here on our night off <laughs> talking about children. Um, clearly, we love it. Right. And so it's so hard to not take it personally oh god you know little Becky Lou had a terrible day today <laughs> and and I'm just so upset and things like that but you know I think it's also kind of going back as we were talking earlier about kind of keeping that calm demeanor for a newborn but I think that's just what's important just kind of in general is saying like it's okay to have emotions it's right. okay to be upset what's not okay is to throw your whole day out of whack for right it. you know it's about saying like okay this happened I'm sorry that you're upset let's have a, a moment let's hug let's kiss and then we're gonna move on we, right. we don't we don't need to be upset about this the whole day. We don't need to throw a temper tantrum in the middle of the grocery store. We don't need <laughs> to do, you know, whatever it is. And I think just being able to to show the kids that, hey, I can be calm about this. Why don't you be calm about this? And we'll just be, calm be together. here together. Yeah. Yes. I love that. And I love um, you saying that six months is not too early to start expecting things because I, I even me personally like as I mm -hmm. heard you say that I was like oh I would have never thought that yeah I would have been like oh at six months they can do whatever they want which I I agree with you now yeah. hearing you say it well and it's one of those things where because right around like the four or five month mark is when you really start to kind of see that personality emerge, uh -huh. you know they go from being just like this squishy pink hairless thing <laughs> into like oh when I sing this one song they really love it or they're really drawn to this one you know Snoopy toy or whatever it might be you start to see those little kind of things emerge and once you start seeing those little things emerge that's when their personality is taking hold and that's when they can have the most shape in their lives start to come yeah you know if we or so I I don't want to say tender because that's not the right word because of course we should be tender on our children. But if we're always tender on right. them, if we never have any expectations of a child um, until they're in kindergarten, yeah, then they will they will never feel like they have expectations, you know. But if you just start doing little tiny things here and there, you know, if the child wakes up and they usually sleep for an extra fifteen minutes rather than going getting them out of the crib, just let them sit for 15 minutes as long as they're not screaming it, right. it's not doing harm you know but teaching the child to expect okay well you're going to be in your crib till this time even if you wake up a little early right you know if if they learn to expect okay well you don't get your fruit until you eat you know the rest of your vegetables then they can learn that you know you start with small expectations as they're little and right. then as they get older the expectations can grow and they become 
a more natural way of life rather than, you know, trying to tempt a seven-year-old into doing the dishes with money or candy or TV time or whatever it is. It's like, no, well, when they were two, I taught them to take their plate across. And then when they were three, I taught them to put it in the, you know, Mm -hmm. just like these little tiny things that don't seem like much when you're doing it, but really, really pay off in the long run. Yes. Yes. And make such a difference for them as adults as well. Because babies are people too. Mm-hmm. They're different kinds of people and we mm-hmm. have to treat them a little differently. But they they want to do things. They right. want to to talk to you. They want to be involved in your world. And if you just trust them a little bit more, <laughs> then you'll get a lot more back from them. Yes. And I, I agree. I think that that is super key because I end up trusting – even my older nanny kids Mm -hmm. more than I think sometimes even their parents do. Sure. Of just like, no, they can handle this. Yeah. (laughs) It's so funny. Um, Right now, my nanny parents are on vacation and Uh the grandparents are in town. And it's so funny because grandma and grandpa will just do everything for the kids. And and so I'm just like, no, you can do that. So you don't have to have grandma and grandpa do it for you. You can go take your plate across. You can put it in the dishwasher. You can go upstairs and put toothpaste paste on your toothbrush right so it's one of those things where um you know kids kids will only do as much as you expect them to do yes you know and if you never expect your child to fold the laundry why is he gonna start just because you tell him to right you know I am I am very very lucky in my family right now where I like I said I have a two-year-old and an almost six-year-old and once a week when I do the kids laundry they help me fold it the nice. two-year-old folds pants and she folds towels and she's so cute and, you know, just making sure it's perfectly her way. But, you know, of course, you're not going to hand a five-year-old a knife and say, go go cut the carrots or, right. or whatever it might be. But she's saying, this is something you can manage, so you're going to manage it. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we do our kids a disservice by saying... Well, if I tend to your every need, then you'll always be happy. Right. You know, but at some point that child is going to walk away from you, whether it's as a nanny or as a parent. And if you're always, always doing everything for them and always taking care of them, then they won't ever learn how to take care of themselves, you know? So I think, you know, as, especially, you know, as you're thinking about newborns, of course, you're not going to say, oh, well, the newborn must do this, this, and this. You know, you're not going to have a chore list for newborns. But you can say, hey, you know that you need to be sleeping at this time. So you're going to lay in your bed until you fall asleep. And I'm sorry if you're sad about it. And I'm sorry if you want to read five more stories. But that's not what we do. Right. You know, it's just about saying, this is the routine. This is what we do. And of course, you know, you might not always be lucky enough to be with a family that wants that same routine. And of course, you always have to default to your birth parents and to what they, or not not even birth parents, you know, just the parents, nanny parents. Yeah. But um, obviously you didn't give birth to the child, I guess is what <laughs> I mean. Um, you know, you have to default to them at the end of the day if they want something done in a certain way. You're right. That's the way you do it. But I do think that it's okay to say, like, this is what we do. On Tuesdays, we go to the library and we do story time and we come back and we do this. No, you can't have an extra treat or no, you can't have this to eat or whatever it might be. Um, I feel like no has become such a naughty word for children, you know, to hear. But I think it's about saying, like, you're just managing their expectations. You know, as you said earlier, children will push you. 
They'll push as those far boundaries as they can. As far so as they can. I think it's about saying from a young age, if you could say, well, I'm setting the boundaries and I'm sticking to them, mm-hmm. then when they are five and trying to like fight you on things, it becomes a little easier because they're aware that, no, this is just what we do. Right. Right. I completely agree. And I think that's what it is. It, you know, you're not... Um, you're not just taking care of a baby. You're you're creating a person. Yeah, you know, because just because they're there physically doesn't mean that they're done yet. They still gotta, you know, it's like a it's like pulling a chicken out of the oven. It's gotta <laughs> rest for a little while. You know, there's still some work to be done yes. before you can eat. You know, so it's I think it's the same thing. It's about just saying like, okay, yeah, you're a person now, but how do we turn you into the person that you're gonna be? Right, and the best person you can be. Mm-hmm. Um and. In that same idea, um, tell me about tummy time because that's something Mm -hmm. that babies are working on. Like literally that's something they're working towards. I like to say tummy time is like homework. Uh It doesn't all have to happen at once and it might be a struggle at the beginning. But if you get there, you get there. I think tummy time is really important because I have worked with a child who hated being on his stomach Mm -hmm. and once again if you have a parent who's not really doing everything all the time um the child spent a lot of time on his back and he had to have a helmet for a little while which is fine you know children that that happens but if it could have been avoided with a little (laughs) bit more tummy time you know um I think it's about starting in small increments. For listeners who might not know, Mm -hmm. I assume that most of our listeners do know what tummy time is, but let's take 30 seconds. Sure. So tummy time is essentially just literally making sure that they have time on their stomach. Um, They, babies spend so much time on their back. uh, They oftentimes don't have the muscles necessary to do uh, walking and crawling if they don't have that tummy time because at tummy time, they'll lift themselves up on their arms, they'll lift Mm -hmm. their heads, they'll stretch strengthen their neck muscles, their shoulder muscles, and their uh, torso muscles, their core core muscles that we're all trying so hard to get nice and tight. <laughs> Babies can just work out by being on their stomachs. I'm so jealous. Oh, um, if only. Maybe so, I'll try it. Right? Oh, yeah, get my play mat out. Let's do tummy time. <laughs> Don't I wish it was that easy. Yeah. Um, but it's essentially baby exercise for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think when you're starting to think about incorporating tummy time, don't just think, okay, well, I need to do 30 minutes of tummy time a day. So you just sit there for 30 minutes and, and that'll be it. I think especially as a baby is getting used to tummy time, breaking it up is yes. really, really important because it's, the doctors do not say they need 30 minutes at one time. They say they need 30 minutes throughout the day. So if your nanny child can only handle three minutes, then just do three minutes 10 times. Yep. You know, um, do three minutes every 30 minutes or whatever it might be. Um, And I think that as you're thinking about structuring it, kind of think of yourself how you want to exercise. I think if you feel like, okay, this is baby exercise. How do I like to exercise? Okay, so I know that I can do 30 minutes. Cool, can I do 30 minutes? And, you know, the next time can I do 40 minutes? Right. So if your baby can only last for five minutes, cool, let's do five minutes today. How about five and a half minutes tomorrow and then six minutes the next day and just kind of building it up a little bit like that. I also think you should don't think about tummy time as being exclusively on the mat either. Mm. Um, Tummy time is okay if they're on your chest, especially I find newborns who are just starting to get used to tummy time. Uh, that kind of helps them connect a little bit more because they can be on eye level with you and they can right. kind of be looking at you and not be like, oh my God, I'm just staring at the floor right now. <laughs> 
It's so boring. Exactly. Lay either lay on the floor or lay on the couch and have them on your stomach. They're not going to get as good of a workout as if they were on the floor, but it just can kind of get them used to being in that position. Yeah. Um, and as I said, just work your way up. You know, mm-hmm. nobody, especially babies, are going to be completely comfortable with it from the start. But if you can, once again, start small and then have it grow. Um, and I do find that uh, children who uh, you take the time to be patient with, they do tend to crawl faster just because they're okay. used to kind of being in that position. And if they want to get out of it, they'll flip themselves around. They'll start to move. They'll start <laughs> to crawl. You know, once again, babies will tell you what they want and what they need. So, um, you know, if a baby flips over, then you can say, okay, cool. We're done, we're done with tummy time for now. We'll try it again in a little bit or whatever it might be. Yeah, that's great advice. Do you um, ever <laughs> – this was just my own personal mm-hmm. thought process as we were talking about that. Do you ever like put on workout music for them or like <laughs> have like a song that you're like, we're well, going to do tummy time for the first three songs oh, of Lady Gaga? So funny. I, okay, that's my new thing. That's my new thing. Because no, because I am a person, um, you know, for those of you who maybe know me who are listening to this, uh, I'm a theater person, I'm a music mm-hmm. person. So I tend to have music kind of in the background throughout the nanny day I find it's weird to just have silence as children are playing I'd love to have music on um but I love the idea of like okay 30 more seconds baby you can do it yeah I love that idea (laughs) (laughs) um but I think it's good you know the play mats are nice because they tend to be colorful you know I know a lot of parents will like a toy on the floor to like keep them entertained once again I think it's just about finding what what works for my baby right you know it might not be what works for the baby next door but if you just take the time to say cool she really likes it when we're you know on the play mat and she can be reaching for her toys or whatever it might be but um don't don't uh beat yourself up if you don't get to the full 30 minutes right away right you know little by little you'll get there and as long as the child is not constantly laying on the floor constantly on their back they'll be fine you know if they spend some time in your arms or on your lap or whatever you just don't want their back the back of their head resting on the floor for the majority of the day because it's soft and malleable it is so malleable (laughs) and you do not want them to have a cone head if you can help it (laughs) yeah so i think the the moral of of what we've said so far is like like the tortoise Mm -hmm. slow and steady wins this race patience is going to be your best friend as you're thinking about working with a newborn because what worked for you last week might not work for you this week anymore and then it might work again next week you know (laughs) so I think it's just about saying I have no expectations for how this day is going to go I have my routine but a routine is not a schedule right if if things get off if things get changed it's okay it's life um and I think it's just about saying how can I benefit my child for their day for their long run and how can that benefit me you know and just kind of finding that little push and pull and just say today I'm going to be patient and today I'm going to come in with an open heart and an open mind and the child will reciprocate you know as long as you give them that opportunity they will always surprise you which I love that's wonderful um all right we are going to end this episode uh here because I feel like this is a really great 
uh, ending spot, but you should listen next week because we're going to be talking about things like bottles and baby sign language, the real fun stuff, and big milestones. Mm -hmm. And when parents miss those, what do you do? So that's just a little teaser for next week. Um, If, as you're listening to this, you have questions or you, this made you think of a story that you would like to share with us, please email in to chroniclesofnania at gmail.com. Nania spelled N-A-N-N-Y-A. If there's a question that I don't know the answer to because this is an area that I am not as well versed in, I will reach out to Brittany. I see her. Uh, a little too often. A little too often. <laughs> we are currently doing a Harry Potter show together. Um, we may be nerds. We don't tell. Huge nerds. <laughs> um, but I I see her often. I have her contact information. So I will find out the answer to your question. So if you are at home and you're like, wait, this part didn't make sense, please email in. Um, you can also visit us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Chronicles of Nania will get you there every time. Um, also, if you have five minutes this week, please go on to iTunes and give us a, a review. If you've been enjoying Chronicles of Nania, um, those reviews are literally the best way for us to move up in the podcast world, to get out to more people, um, to get more exposure. So, and it's free to do, and it takes less than five minutes. So go on to iTunes and review us. That would mean the world to me. Um, thank you so much. And we end every episode with a fun, lighthearted story <laughs> or oh, quote. Sure. So um, once again, the newborns <laughs> are just so fun. And I think it's so fun to hear them learn to talk, which is mm-hmm. such an exciting thing. But um, sometimes they get a little um, messed up in their pronunciations or their words. <laughs> I have a, a child who is obsessed with socks. She loves her socks. She loves her colorful socks. She loves her white socks and her black socks and her big socks. <laughs> but unfortunately, she has a tough time saying the word socks. So mm. it kind of tends to come out Brittany, where's my cocks? I need my big, my big white cocks. And you're just like, oh, sweet, sweet angel. I will get you your socks. No problem. That is hilarious and adorable. Um, Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Brittany. Thank you for having me, Martha. And um, good luck to all of you nannies for the newborns. You are in for a treat. Just um, be open and, and be willing to embrace all the craziness. Yes, I love that. Thank you so much. And thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. The Chronicles of Nanny is produced by Martha Reddick and Logan Nielsen. Artwork and logo by Noni Amadon. Theme music by Brad Kemp. Find him at secondbedroomstudio.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Chronicles of Nanny and on Twitter at Nannia Podcast. To contact us, email chroniclesofnanny at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. 
They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 